Hi, welcome to the Motorsport of the Americas podcast. This is our second episode. We're really excited if you're uh, taking an opportunity to check us out. And our, our first episode came out last week, so be sure to give that one a listen uh, if you haven't already. Last week we had Victor Gonzalez Jr. on. Uh, him and his racing team will be racing in the Michelin Pilot Challenge, which gets started this week. Uh, so again, be sure to check that out if you haven't already. Uh, also starting their season off this weekend, uh, Sally Mott. Sally Mott is our interview for this week. Uh, she is going to be competing in a full season in the Mazda MX-5 Cup, uh, which is a support series along with all the uh, all the IMSA weekends in 2024. Uh, Sally had a, a really incredible 2023 season that she, uh, she told us all about, and she also talked about everything that she's done to get ready uh, for her 2024 season, uh, which gets started this weekend. And, uh, you know, this is, of course, down in Daytona, most of the country. If you're listening to this in the U.S., uh, it's a little cold, a little snowy, a little icy to be going outside and even thinking about doing anything uh, on, a, on a racetrack. But, of course, down in Daytona, uh, things got started this past weekend with the roar before the 24. So that's IMSA's kind of build-up weekend to the Rolex 24 at Daytona. And the VP Racing Sports Car Challenge had its first two 45-minute races of the season, so they got their uh, got their season kicked off alongside a lot of test sessions uh, for the other series that will run uh, this upcoming weekend. Also, start qualifying for the WeatherTech uh, Sports Car Championship take place this weekend as well. Uh, the the VP Racing Sports Car Challenge that features LMP3 prototypes and IMSA's GSX class. The GSX class is uh, GT4 machinery, and uh, both. Both classes saw uh, the same driver win both races. Steve Ajakani won both races in the LMP3 class for MLT Motorsports, and that's a spec series uh, for, for those of you who aren't familiar with it. So all those LMP3 cars, uh, with the exception of one, are actually the exact same chassis from the same manufacturer. Uh, and on the other side, the GSX class saw the new GT4 Mustang. The GT4 Mustang made its world debut at Daytona this weekend and got off to a great start for them. Uh, Luca Mars, driving for Core Motorsports, picked up the win in both races. He had a last-to-first win on Saturday uh, and then followed up with another win on Sunday. Uh, so be interesting to see how that, that new GT4 Mustang does as the season continues. The big kickoff for the racing season uh, is, of course, the Rolex 24 at Daytona, which takes place uh, this weekend. One of the support races will be the Michelin Pilot Challenge. That race runs uh, at, on Friday at 1.45 p.m. That's a four-hour endurance race where, uh, again, last week's guest, Victor Gonzalez, his two-car entry will be competing uh, in that competition. And so we, you know, we wish him the best of luck as his season gets going on Friday afternoon. And to join him out on track will be a couple of uh, NASCAR drivers. So Bubba Wallace and John Hunter Nemechek uh, will make their series debut in the Michelin Pilot Cup driving in the endurance race at Daytona on Friday for Smooge Racing in a Toyota GR Supra GT4 Evo. So, be interesting to see uh, how Bubba and John do uh, their first time competing in the Michelin Pilot Challenge this weekend. Uh, and again, that race is at 1.45 p.m. on Friday. Uh, so with that, let's get to our talk with Sally. Uh, she joined us before she herself headed down to uh, Daytona. Uh, she'll be out on track uh, probably right around the time that this uh, this episode comes out, uh, as she gets ready to start off her season in the Mazda MX-5 Cup. Uh, so, 
check out her interview. Uh, she talks about uh, you know her, her experience so far, and, and she has a lot to say, and it was a really great conversation, uh, and hopefully you enjoyed it as well. So have a listen, and we'll talk to you on the other side. All right, we're joined today by Sally Mott. Sally Mott will be competing in 2024 in the MX5 Cup, uh, which she's going to kind of go into a little bit more detail about and explain uh, what that all is, if, if it's a series that you're not familiar with, uh, which is kind of one of the things that we're, we're trying to do this year is introduce uh, racing series that can be very exciting, a lot of fun to watch that, that people maybe haven't checked out before. Uh, so with that, Sally, wanted to thank you again for, for agreeing to come on the show and, and spend some time with us. Heck yeah, I'm excited to be here. So your 2023 season, uh, you know, can you tell us just kind of how did that, how did that all go for you? And, and you know, where were you, uh, where were you out on track in 2023? Well, um, my season started in Spec Miata um, at, in the NASA region, regional level. So not quite as big as what I'm doing now. Um, that I actually started it in my first club car that I ever had and then um, decided that we needed a proper spec Miata. So what we had at the time was a club car that we converted into spec Miata. So it was an NA instead of an NB. And so we decided that I needed um, a, a car that could win some races. And so we, 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 we bought a car after my dad sold his boat so that we could afford it. And um, I did some practice sessions, never actually got to race it because I decided that if I wanted to make it big, I might as well just go straight to the top. So um, I ended up finding some sponsorship to help me go to Road Atlanta and compete at Petit Le Mans in the MX-5 Cup for my first ever race in pro, in the pro, pro level series of racing, which is IMSA. And um, I did that. And I did fairly decent i mean i you know obviously wasn't very comfortable in the car so it was it was a tough weekend but i pushed myself and i feel like it paid off um i ended up getting top finishing female in the second race which was that was kind of cool um and then so then i got that was my introduction to mx5 cup and then after that i got nominated for the mx5 cup shootout and Actually, I was not one of the, um, there's actually, so there's three females who get nominated for the award, the um, Women's Initiative, and I was not one of the original finalists, which kind of broke my heart. I thought, I thought for sure that I was going to get it, but unfortunately I didn't. And um, due to some, some things, some complications, um, one of the drivers, one of the female drivers couldn't make it. And so they called me about a week, a week and a half before the shootout. And they're like, hey, you know, you were you were one of the runner ups like we would have chosen you. Um, but anyway, somebody dropped out. Like, do you want to come? And I was like, what? Oh, my God. Like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and in the time that I could have been preparing because I didn't know that I would ultimately end up going. You know, I was on vacation, kind of, you know, I was chilling and I was like, oh, my gosh, like I have to get to work. Like I got to I got to start preparing. And and so anyways, fast forward to the shootout. Um, 
I get there and there's 12 finalists. Then, like I said, there are three of them are girls because we're competing for the women's initiative scholarship. And um, it's pretty cool. I, I love what Mazda's doing. And um, so it, it was bro broken down to some interviews, like off track stuff, and then some on track stuff. And this year was actually live stream. So if you want, you can go and check it out. But I ended up winning. Um, so I'm now a Mazda factory driver and I won a $75,000 scholarship, which is awesome. So uh, working on doing a full season of MX5 Cup racing this year. And so after I won that, we're like, okay, we have this spec Miata. Um, this doesn't, this doesn't help us at all now. Now we need to sell this car and go, go out and buy an MX5 Cup car. So that's what we did. And um, I didn't even get to race it. I didn't even get to race the Spec Miata yet. It was like perfect condition. We just wrapped it pink. Like it was, it kind of sucked that I didn't get to race it, but it's all good because I think everything happens for a reason. So <laughs> now we are here preparing for my first race at Daytona, running as a scholarship winner and um, trying to do a full season as a factory driver. And so it's crazy because at the beginning of this past year, 2023, I was doing my first ever car race. And now I'm at the top level competing against the very best in MX5 Cup. So it's it's been a journey from here. And all of this happened in one year. So it's just crazy to me and very blessed to be here and um, super grateful to be on this interview. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a pretty crazy one year. so so dad dad sells his boat to get a car that you instantly end up not racing so <laughs> but, <laughs> uh but you know that was that you know in, in that moment right to make that decision you know with, with you know with you your father and your family um you know was that really kind of a big moment for you to to okay you know what if we're, if we're really going to do this you know there's obviously a bit of a financial sacrifice there, you know, dad's going to sell his boat. Like, you, you know, is, is that something that you had thought about for a long time or, or it, you know, how, how did that decision come about? Well, um, so my dad's a racer. He, he gets it. I mean, he's been doing it since he was eight years old and, you know, we <laughs> racing is all about sacrifices, especially if you're not like, if your pockets aren't padded with a lot of money, because that's what racing takes. Um, so we've really been making a lot of sacrifices since the beginning to make this work. And um, it was just exciting for him, for me to be moving up so fast. I mean, we put in, we put in a decent amount for that car, but when you sell it, like you get it back that it's not like the value totally goes away. So, I mean, what we, when we sold it, we took that money and put it towards this new car. So, I mean, if anything, he was happy for me. I mean, he understands he's, he's been around for a long time and that's just what racing takes. And if you want to move up, you gotta, you gotta be ready for rapid expansion. If, if I might say so he was happy for me, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you talked about the difference from, you know, going from the, the club Miata to a spec Miata to, to the MX five cup Miata is, is there, you know, just for, for, for people that, that, that maybe don't know, like what is the difference between, you know, so, you know, I, someone could just say, as, oh, well, you know, they're, they're all Miatas that, you know, that have a livery on it. But what, you know, what is really kind of the big difference going from maybe the club all the way up to the, the cup version? So the, the spec Miatas are so different. And that was another thing is my dad understood that if we even if we did keep the spec Miata, the driving style does not relate like at all. 
one of the reasons is because the MX-5 Cup cars are, they're like nothing else I've ever driven. They have power steering and they have ABS. And so whenever you're driving a car, you can feel the road through the steering wheel almost. Like you can predict when the car's about to spin or when the car's taking a set and words, when it's pivoting. But in the MX-5 Cup car, it has power steering. So it's super light and you can make micro adjustments without the car totally responding. Uh, I don't know. The, the best way I could explain it is, is like you're driving a boat. That's how I've heard it explained. And I was like, oh, that really resonates with me. And it's just, you're not, you have to get used to being not connected with the car at first, because in a spec Miata, you're, you feel like you're in it. The car's telling you every single move through the steering wheel. So that was my biggest transition was like, okay, I don't feel like I can feel this car at all. I'm slowly getting better at it. And then with the ABS, it's the anti-locking um, system. So you can't lock up the brakes, but they have this ice mode. It's not really the proper terminology, but anyways, there's a lot of little things that are very like specific to this car and driving spec Miata. It just doesn't translate like at all. It's a completely different driving style, um, which is really interesting. Cause you'd think like they're both Miatas. So yeah, they would have, right, right. you know, it would be pretty similar, but it's really not. I mean, the, what we're driving now is it's an ND and then the other ones, the other like spec Miatas, nbs and then the mx5s are the ncs so there's there's so the spec miata then there's mx there's spec mx5 and then there's mx5 cup so each one is progressively different um mx5 cup is insanely different if i would say so so yeah it just doesn't translate it's super different different driving styles um but it's weird <laughs> so like i say it's just weird <laughs> But you did pretty well when you went to when you went to Road Atlanta, right? Now, is that in addition to being a, a car that you hadn't driven before? Was that a track that you had ever been on before? I have, I no, I had never driven that track. Um, but I did do a lot of. I actually, I did a practice day. I did. I only got about three sessions, so I wasn't super familiar with it. Um, I did do a lot of i racing at Road Atlanta for whatever that's worth. I mean, you know, our simulator is. It's the closest thing you've got to the real thing. So I don't know. I mean, it, it helps. Like I knew where I was going on track. I knew the line. I knew the line and and like the the general stuff. Um, but in real life, it's so much different. And then Petit Le Mans, obviously, it's one of the biggest events. There is literally a million people there like spectating. <laughs> and that was something to me where I was like, wow, this is this is really insane. Like, I don't know. It was it was a lot of pressure. And I did, I hired a, a mental, like a psychology coach to help me like get through that because I was, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of freaking out. It was, it was a lot of pressure. And so, um, I did not drive as well as I could have because I wasn't comfortable. And I was like, I'm not going to send it into the wall in front of a million people while my first race being televised, you know, I'm like, I better be safe than sorry. And, and obviously yeah obviously it's expensive if you crash so i'm just like okay i'm gonna take it easy right um and i did get top finishing female in the second race but i didn't really feel like i deserved it because it was it's only there was only two girls it was me and heather hadley and unfortunately she was in an incident and she didn't get to finish the race so i kind of got that award by default so i was just standing on the podium like uh, it doesn't it's not it doesn't really you know it doesn't really feel rewarding but but 
in racing, you know, a win is a win and you just, you just got to take everything you can. So that's what I did. And, um, trying to come back this season stronger. And I've been doing a lot of testing since we now own the car, we can go test and, um, get as much seat time as possible, try to get comfortable with the car and show up and do the very best I can. So, yeah. And then the, um, the, the, the MX five cup, um, the shootout that you went to, you, do you, do you think maybe in a way that you, you had less time to maybe kind of dwell on it too much or, you know, it, did you feel like maybe you had like less time to get nervous because you found out so quickly and it was just kind of, okay, we got to figure this out and, and we got to go. Or uh, did you think maybe you, you might've appreciated a couple more weeks to get ready for it? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't too nervous. I think my mindset going into the shootout was like, Hey, I'm just going to, I'm just going to drive as, as best I can. And, um, whatever happens happens. And, and, you know, I'm just going to make friends with my competitors and like, we're not going to, there's, there's a whole thing. You could play mind games on them and you know, like you could, that's funny. I just, I wanted to be friends with everybody and, you know, just go do the best I could because I knew I didn't have a lot of experience. I mean, I had a race under my belt, which was more than most of them, which was cool. So I don't know. I just went into the, with the mindset of like, I'm just going to stay focused and try to drive as best I can and give the judges a taste of my personality through the interviews and just do as well as I can. But I was nervous. I'm not going to say I wasn't. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, like, yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I was definitely like, ooh, like, you know, I hope I do well. And I really wanted to win. Like, it made me, like, sick thinking that, like, if I didn't win, I, I would – I didn't even know where I was going to go at that point. I was like – I just have to win this. That's all I knew. I was like, I have to win because if I don't, I don't, I'm, I just, I'll feel lost, you know? So, but I tried not, I learned from um, road Atlanta that stressing yourself out and putting all that pressure on yourself, it's just going to do you bad. Like I drove so tensely. I was so nervous. I'm like, that's, that's, you can't, you can't be fast like that. You got to be loose and be in your, be in your groove. Right. So I kind of took that as a lesson and I just said, Hey man, I'm not going to stress myself out. I'm just going to focus on myself, do the best I can and see where it takes me and seem to work out pretty well. So, <laughs> yeah. So now, you know, with, with, with that success, you know, your, your first, uh, you know, your first MX five cup race at road Atlanta, uh, you know, now you have a full season of the MX five cup to look forward to. Uh, so is that, again, is that putting you in a bit more of a comfortable position where you've had time with the car you know what your season looks like uh, and, and you know where you're headed and, and you know, you, is it a little bit of kind of a smoother road headed into 2024? Yeah, I think so. I think it should be um, a lot better because I'm going to have a better sense, like, like you said, a better feel for the car, more confidence. Um, and obviously as the racing season goes, I'm going to have more experience with, you know, race starts, um, close racing with other cars because this type of racing is really intense and and there's a lot of strategy with like drafting and you know when to make a move when to stay with the person so <laughs> right now i don't have a lot of experience with that um we did do a little bit of that in karting but it's 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 just different in cars um you know the, the draft is it, it impacts you in, in a different way that's what i mean to say um so, yeah, I mean, I think it should be easier, obviously, than Road Atlanta. That was one of the challenging, uh, the most challenging weekends of my life, I would say. So yeah, I think it yeah, can sure. only, yeah, I think it can only be uphill from here. 
Um, I'm going to learn a lot. I don't expect it to be easy. I don't expect it to be all uh, smiles and joyful. It's going to be pretty stressful. I know that for sure, but I'm excited. Looking forward to learning a lot. That's my main goal is just improving myself as a driver. So. Yeah, and uh, you know, I because I've I've seen some of the, the the race, and it is it is very very close together, uh, you know, and you know, again for for fans of say like, uh, you know, for F one or IndyCar, you know, there's no DRS, there's no push to pass, uh, you know, so in terms of you know setting up a move, I mean, do you have to really kind of think it out, you know, over a couple of laps, like you know, how how does how long does it take a move to develop? Oh, and that's a good question. I guess it it depends on a lot of your circumstances, like where you are. If you're gaining on the person in front of you, if the person in front of you is faster, then it's probably going to be more like a, a last lap type of move because you want to obviously get as high in the positioning as you, as you can. But if you're faster than them, um, I mean, I would say try to move up as fast as possible. But like when it comes to Daytona, you want to strategize it to where you have a drafting partner or at least a group of people to, to drive with, because I'd say the draft is worth at least 10, I don't know, at least five to 10 seconds. Um, so you have to be with people. So, so the, the strategy changes to every track you go to, but in general, like you want to have a, a plan, but you want to think it through while you're driving. Right. So like if you're gaining on this person, this area, but they pull you in another area, obviously where you're stronger is that's that's where you want to pass them on the last lap like you just want to be a thinker and that's that's something that i'm still learning is being a thinker in the car not just making a move and then you're you're like passing them but then they you you just want to have things planned because you don't want to be passing right. and things go to into chaos and you're like oh why did i do that like you just weren't thinking you know so it's it's a lot but i'd say the move develops a lap a lap or two before i mean you have a general idea of what you want to do which is move up but it has to be has to be strategic for sure yeah 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 i i, I think definitely a lot more into it than than it looks like on on tv especially you know if you're watching a race like this where there's 20 25 cars on track you know the camera flashes to you know that that five or six seconds where the move happens uh, but you don't necessarily know you know, all, all the, like everything you just said that, you know, that goes into setting that move up. Uh, so, so you're going to Daytona, uh, have you never been on track on, on day at Daytona before this is going to be your, your first time. Yes, this will be my first time. And are there any other tracks, uh, you know, how, how many tracks a season are you going to that when you get there, this is going to be your, your first time. Is there any tracks that you're familiar with or any that are going to be a, a whole new experience for you? Um, well, I did do a champ car race at VIR, but <laughs> we were having so many issues with the car that I wasn't able to like to drive it to the, the fullest of my capabilities. And it was also a front wheel drive car. So totally different, but I am familiar with the track. Um, but it's going to feel totally different when I'm like driving it at speed. Um, the dynamics of it are just going to feel different. And then, of course, I know Road Atlanta. So out of the seven tracks, I know five of them. Um, and then I've driven Laguna Seca on iRacing. But my plans are to maybe, maybe not do some Skip Barber schools at the tracks I'm going to be going to, obviously, before I go to them and race. Um, so I hope I'll have more experience before I go to these tracks. But but when it comes to like the, the race that we're doing in Canada, I just don't think I'm going to get seat time before that race. Like it's, it's out of the country, you know? So, um, 
just I'm just trying to do the best I can. I think I think that's the main um that's the main struggle with rookies. When it's your rookie season, you haven't most 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 of them haven't been to a lot of the tracks. So the whole struggle is like learning the track and getting fast there. But I think if you understand the car, you can be fast anywhere. Yeah, yeah, sure. And and you said you mentioned i racing a couple times. You know, it, what are the biggest benefits? Is it you just so you know the layout or you know are the you know breaking points in i racing? Does that translate to the track, or you kind of have to go and kind of figure some of that stuff out all over again? Um, i racing is surprisingly realistic. Um, obviously, it doesn't cover everything, but as far as like the geometry of corners and the shape of them. They laser scan them. They laser scan the tracks. And so in the game, it's pretty accurate. Um, I wouldn't say that the car on iRacing is realistic. It doesn't doesn't really feel like the real thing. Um, but then you can also use iRacing for like strategy, drafting. I mean, in iRacing, you have to be drafting to be fast as well, obviously. Like it gets the main stuff, but like when it comes to like the small technical parts of driving and like each each track has like its unique characteristics and like sometimes there's a little bit of elevation drop on the outside of a corner and you don't want to go over there because the negative camber upsets the car like stuff like that that's not really going to be on iRacing um but in general it's it's pretty decent so i mean i know like even if i if even if i nail it on iRacing like get the track down super fast on iRacing i'm still going to get to the track at daytona and be like okay i still have some stuff to figure out like there's some little kinks there's some little things that I gotta that I gotta fix because it just doesn't doesn't translate perfectly, um, and especially because the car on iRacing isn't very realistic for the MX5 Cup. But you know, it's a it's a good start. It's a good baseline. Yeah, it's because I heard I I a bit of a stretch to call what I do sim racing, but um, I hear a lot of the you know people talk about you know oh well you know this game's not realistic or this one's not realistic and, and it's like I mean ultimately. I don't think there's anything that can replace actually being in the car on the track. Um, but again, I, I think it's, it's great to know that it at least can, can kind of give you ideas to, as to, you know, what you're getting yourself into when you show up somewhere, um, you know, that you, that you haven't been before. Uh, what, what track are you most excited for? Um, that's a good question. I would say, man, probably Laguna Seca. Um, I've never been there in real life. But I do love it on iRacing. And I was also, I was born in California. I was born in Los Angeles. So I, I don't know, I love the California area. And um, I have, um, have a group of people who are going to come to see me, like a lot of family and stuff, specifically for that race, because they also like California. Um, but regardless of that, I just, I just really like the track. And I'm, I'm excited to drive the corkscrew because it's like, I what like a five-story drop something crazy and on earth it doesn't feel like that but i've just heard from people who've driven i racing versus real life they're like oh man like it's definitely not realistic on i racing but it's crazy in real life it's so much fun like <laughs> I'm, I'm just excited for that and um i think the general flow of it really fits my driving style so i don't know we'll see i think i think either laguna seca road atlanta or vir i think those are going to be my my top three that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And, um, you know, so you said you were, you were originally from California and you moved to Texas. Um, uh, and so you, you got your start in, in karting. You said your, your dad 
already involved in karting? Is that kind of how you, you found yourself getting out uh, in a cart when you were younger? Yeah, yeah. So I kind of grew up around it. And um, because he, I, he, he's been doing it since he was eight years old. And so, you know, I remember walking into the living room and hearing Lewis Hamilton this, Lewis Hamilton, you know, Lewis Hamilton for the win. And then the crowd goes crazy, right? Like he was always watching Formula One. And I don't know, for, I specifically remember the Lewis Hamilton part. And I was like, who is this Hamilton guy? That's such an interesting name. <laughs> I remember that. And so he would take me just naturally wanting, wanting his daughter to be into racing. He would take me to the cart track and, you know, we'd get some laps in and I would just drive around and I was happy with that. And one thing that he didn't let me do was practice the wrong lines. He didn't want me to practice, you know, not hitting the apex and not tracking out. Like he wanted me to just have a basic idea, even if I wasn't going to do it like professionally or race, he just wanted me to do it right at least. And so he was like, Hey, you know, do you want to go racing? And I said, nah, I'm kind of scared. I'm scared <laughs> to race against the boys, which I wish, I wish if I could go back in time, I would, I, I would race because then I would be so much better now and I'd have so much more experience. But another part of me is like, man, if he forced me to do it, I might not want to do it now because I might be burnt out, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, you know, I think everything happens for a reason, but, um, then when I was 15, my mindset just changed. Like literally, I just woke up one day and I'm like, man, that racing thing was really cool. Like, why am I not taking advantage of this? Not a lot of kids just have a dad who's a multi-level national champion and is willing to coach you and has all this experience. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know? And then it's it's also like a really good bonding opportunity, which we've gotten to bond a lot over these past years of racing. And so I told him, I was like, hey, you know, I always like poke, poke, can, can we go racing? <laughs> and so him wanting a boy, he didn't, I'm an only child, right? He wanted a boy. He was going to name me Fast Freddy. He, him and Freddy <laughs> were going to go racing together. But no, I'm a girl, right? So it was Mustang Sally instead. <laughs> so he, you can imagine how excited he was because his daughter wanted to go racing. And I don't, you know, it's better to start late than never. But I started at 15 and then I did my first cart race. And before I even, let's say, no, I took the green flag. And then my first corner of my first race, I got taken out by somebody who wasn't even in my class. And <laughs> yeah, it was pretty discouraging, but I was like, whatever, you know, it's my first race. I got to at least get this under my belt. And so my dad was kind of nervous. He was like, oh man, like, I hope she at least had fun. And so 10 minutes into the car ride home, I was like, hey, you know, that, you know, th this racing thing's kind of cool. You think we can, think we can keep doing this? And he's like, yes, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, she's hooked. And so it just kept going from there. And then we started getting the best of everything, the best chassis, the best engines. And I started developing my skill more and more, getting used to drafting and started breaking some track records, um, winning, winning a lot at the club level. And then I did my first regional series, uh, took me about a year. Then I did, did it the second year and then I put it on pole. I think I finished the main second. And so it just said a lot. I was progressing really fast and I was having a lot of fun. And I decided that that's what I wanted to do with my life. Like I wanted to be, be a professional race car driver. And so we decided that 
you know, sponsors don't really care to see their logo on a go-kart. They want to see it on a car. So, I mean, yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. So we're like, Hey, let's, uh, let's sell this thing and go car racing. Let's, let's, let's start car racing. And so that's, that actually happened about a year ago and now we're here. So it's just crazy to me how fast it, it, it progressed. Yeah, I mean that's you know that, that's really impressive. You know, like you said, you know, in, you know, by just kind of you know coming to it and deciding to do it on your own, uh, I I think that's definitely you know a, a good story for a lot of people uh, to hear. I think sometimes people maybe push their kids a little bit too much into something just because they they want the kid to take to it uh, the way that they did, but that can kind of that can actually push the kid away. Um, exactly. But yeah. I, I think that's a great story that you, you know, you've had so much success in, in such a short space of time. And, uh, you know, you touched on, you know, mostly racing, you know, you mostly racing against boys at that point. And, and, you know, is that something, you know, what is that like? You know, is that, does it just sound like once everyone has a helmet on, it's like, well, you know, we're all out here doing the same thing. And, you know, it doesn't really, is it something you think about or is it once things get going, you're just, you're just out there and it doesn't really occur to you. Yeah. I mean, that's the cool thing is that, you know, the car doesn't know if you're a girl or a boy. It doesn't know what color you are. And it's all about driving and skill. So I don't know. I don't really think of myself as like, ooh, I'm a girl. So I have all this. I have like I have all these advantages and whatnot. When I'm on track, it just it kind of motivates me to be better to so I can beat the boys because it's it's kind of cool. It's like you're one of the only girls and you're you're beating the boys, which is, that was my main motivation, I think, back in karting. Um, but right now, I'm just trying to find the speed to to get up in there, get in the mix. But it's definitely different because as a girl, you have to earn the respect of the guys, even more than if I was just a new guy starting. You know, sure. obviously, you have to earn your respect still. But But the fact that I'm a girl, it's like, oh, you know. If I put my nose, if I put my nose on her inside, she'll just lift. She'll give me the corner. Like, no, you, you got to be extra yeah. aggressive. You got you to gotta show them, right? You got to be like, no, no, no. I'm not just going to give it to you. You know, I'm I'm one of you guys. Like, I'm going to race you aggressive, but I'm not aggressive. I'll would, I would say assertive. You don't want to be too aggressive, right? But I'll race clean, but I'm just going to give it up. So um, it's definitely interesting. Um, I would say I've learned a lot of life lessons that that's definitely one of them is, is like, just because this guy's really fast, it doesn't mean he's Superman. I have all the same equipment. I have the same body, right? I mean, we have 30% less muscle mass, I'd say, but still like, you don't need a lot of muscles to to drive this car. I have an, I have two arms. I have two legs. Like (laughs) it can be as fast as him. I just have to learn how to do it. Right. I, you know, that's the mindset is basically you can do anything you put your mind to, which is kind of cool. Um, it's, it's a little bit, it's kind of freeing. You just have to put in a lot of work and, um, it's, it's, I'd say it's all off track stuff. You got to get on the sim. You gotta, you gotta put in the work to get that seat time. And I've been working on that as best as I can. So, so yeah, to answer your question, it is different, but it makes me more competitive and it helps me stay motivated. Yeah, I mean, I imagine that you know to to go out there and 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 you know for anyone that goes out and races, there's got to be some sort of, you know, there's got to be some sort of motivation that gives you the confidence to to really go out there and you know it's, it's you know it's it's definitely can be very risky at some you know at, at certain times. I'm sure you know you've if you had any 
have you had any incidents, you know, so far that, have, you know, on track that have kind of given you a, a bit of a pause or, you know, or have you, have you been able to kind of, um, you know, stay, stay on the track and, and bring the car home in one piece for the most part? Well, um, yeah, I mean, I've had, I've had a kind of bad incident. Um, it was a test day. Um, but you know, I came back from it. I didn't let it, it was actually before road Atlanta. Um, it was actually at road Atlanta at practice day. Um, it didn't, I didn't let it scare me. I kind of, I tried to let it soak in as best I could so that I didn't make the same mistake. Um, it was, it wasn't good. Let's just say that it wasn't good. And, um, it wasn't a small incident, but it wasn't like, you know, car totaling, but it wasn't good. Um, that is just, it's not the best feeling whenever you can't bring the car home in one piece. Um, I would say the reason that that happened is just because it was literally my first time in the car and I was just not comfortable with it yet. Didn't really understand how it worked. Um, but I think now it's, I'm going to be way less accident prone because I'm more comfortable in the car. Um, and I understand the dynamics of how it works and everything, but I mean, I've had my fair share in, in karting as well. I'd, I'd say that every driver does. And if you don't, you're really lucky or you're an alien. Because right. <laughs> I would say it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, right? Even if it's not your fault, like other drivers are going to do stupid stuff around you. You know, some things aren't avoidable. Um, I would say my, crash, my, my, my incident was avoidable, but it's all part of the learning journey. And, um, you know, we just, we just, we're always getting better. So that's kind of my mindset. I hope it doesn't happen again, but if it does, I'm going to try to learn as best I can from it. Yeah. And I mean, I'd imagine that for almost every driver, it's, you know, it's inevitable, like you said, that, you know, something, something is going to happen one way or another. Um, so I think, you know, that you, you had that experience and then you were able to, you know, you're able to turn around and get back in the car and then kind of go from there. Uh, you know, cause again, I, I think there's probably very few drivers if they if they drive for you know 10 15 years they can say oh no I've nothing's ever gone wrong I mean there's sometimes you watch races and three four five cars will have something go wrong so um yeah I just think that's always a really interesting uh part of, of going racing is that you know that's kind of always something that you know you, you know can happen but you've got to be able to just kind of shrug it off and, and get back out and go again yeah for sure for sure well, on that so, note, I would, I would, I would say that racing is all about having a short-term memory, because if you if you have an incident one day and you have a race the next day, you just have to forget it happened. Like you, yeah. can't, you just can't let it get in your head. You just have to have a short-term memory. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'd imagine, right? Just leave it, leave it in the past, and yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, in addition to to you know, the, the racing, you know, the sim racing, uh, you know, the, the, the work that I'm sure you have to put in uh, with your sponsors and all that, you know, you do quite a bit off the track as well. It's kind of like all, all motorsport all the time for you. Uh, you do, you do some, you do pit reporting and, and camera crew work as well. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that experience? Yeah. Yeah. So I work occasionally for cart chaser when I am not racing. Um, and I would say that, well, I also worked for USPKS as a race director, and I would say that seeing those other aspects of racing, I guess you'd, I guess from like a different angle, like as an official, 
making calls on the on the racing it helps you like see see the racing from a different standpoint when you're actually in the car um i'd say it helps because you're understanding all the different dynamics of it um and then doing the camera work i'm like you know, I have to like capture the top three, capture the top four. And I'm like zooming in, following them, which is kind of cool. Cause like when I watch the MX five cup races, you know, I like, I understand like what the camera guy is going through because I did that for karting. Um, not that that really helps my driving. It's just cool to see. Um, and then, and then another thing that you did mention, I, I did some driver coaching with like some younger girls. And I would say that doing that also helps because like you're talking about how to drive. And the more that you talk about it, the more that it like resonates in your brain and you're like, oh yeah, like the more you say it, the more it just really settles in there. But I think doing the cart chaser stuff and um, you know, the the USPKS like race directing, I think it helps under like helps you understand also the business side of things. And like racing's not all about driving. There's a, there's so much to it. There's so many like careers that can be made around racing other than driving. And so it kind of it's like man if if driving doesn't work out for me which i really hope it does obviously maybe i'll start a racing team or an all female driving school or something like that so um doing all these things around racing is it's kind of cool cuz it it gives me the all these ideas that are available in this career space that include racing which is what i love so it's kind of perfect yeah i think that's kind of one part of it too that maybe gets overlooked a little bit is that it isn't just you know, it isn't just the drivers, you know, there's the mechanics, the engineers, uh, you know, there's, the, you know, there's the whole marketing side of it as well. There is, there's just a, an awful lot going on at every track, um, you know, every race. And again, if you, if you're just watching on TV, all you ever see is, you know, the drivers and the cars going around and uh, you see the pit crew, but you see them for like five seconds. Um, so, yeah, I think that's great. And I think the, the, you know, you're, you know, you're still pretty early into your own career, but you're already in a position where you're able to do some coaching um, and kind of give back. Now, are you working with with girls that are involved in, in are they all doing karting currently? Um, yeah, I haven't done some, I haven't done coaching in a while now because I've been so focused on my own racing. But um, yeah, I was working with some younger girls who were doing karting and uh, it was kind of cool. It was a cool experience just trying to communicate to the younger generation. Um, and obviously I was, I would say I was pretty, pretty decent and, um, the four stroke karting stuff. So I kind of knew what I was talking about. Um, I don't think I would be a coach in cars yet. I just don't have enough experience, but to answer your question, yeah, it, it was karting. Yeah. And I, th I think that's great. And again, you know, you never know, uh, you know, who you might be inspiring, right. To kind of maybe, you know, follow in your footsteps and, um, yeah, I think that's a great thing to be involved with, uh, you know, again, at, 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 you know, early on in your career. Uh, so, so talking about that, talking about, you know, all these all these different paths forward, um, you know, what is your what is your ideal path forward? I think I think I saw a couple of the places you mentioned that you'd like to do uh, you'd like to get into prototypes. Is that is that, you know, if, if everything goes where you want it to go, is that where you see yourself ending up? Yeah, I mean, ideally. I would like to race um, in the 24 hours of Le Mans and, you know, I don't know. I'm not really, I don't really know exactly what car. I mean, I would say LMP2, like for sure prototypes. If not, maybe like endurance racing, something in the, the IMSA endurance racing stuff. Um, I really look up to the Iron Dames, which they do exactly that. They, um, 
they rep the all pink, which is kind of what I'm doing. But yeah, they do the endurance racing at the IMSA level, which is kind of exactly what I want to do. But ultimately, yes, prototypes, uh, the 24 hours of Le Mans. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you about the Iron Dames. They had a, you know, I think last year was a really great season for them. Um, you know, they had some good results. And is that, you know, does that give you a little bit extra inspiration? That okay, you know what, you can see. You know, again, maybe a girl that's doing karting can see the success that you're having, and then you're able to see the success that, you know, that that women that are, you know, not too too much further along, but a little bit further along than you are, you know, they're able to not only be, you know, at that level, but also, you know, they've they've gotten some great results and they've been really competitive. Yeah, for sure. I think I think it's always inspiring to see um, other women in motorsports. Like I'll be scrolling through Instagram and and a new, a new driver pops up and I've never seen her before. I'm like, Oh wow. Like, look, another one's joining the community and it's, it's really cool. And it honestly, yeah, it is inspiring because it shows that we can do it. And right now I think, I think that motorsports is really, really hot for women right now. Like we, they want us to succeed because they're, we're really pushing for diversity in this era, I would say. And, um, there's a lot of new ones popping up and it is inspiring. I like it. Although I do want to be like a, you know, a trendsetter trailblazer. I don't know. It's kind of cool going in with the mindset of, yeah, well, yeah, like this is doable because look, all these other women are doing it and they're succeeding. So why can't I, you know? So it, it's cool. I like it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, look, so I think you're definitely well on your way. Um, you know, we'll certainly be uh, you know, keeping track of how things go for you, uh, you know, this season. And, uh, you know, we, we wish you the best of luck in a couple of weeks time at Daytona. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can have you on, you know, in the middle part later on your season and kind of catch up with you and uh, and see how things are going. But again, we really, really appreciate you uh, taking some time to, to kind of share your story and uh, and a little bit about uh, where you're headed in the future. Yep. Awesome. Well, can't wait to um, catch up and tell you how my season's gone. All right. Awesome. Thank you very much, Sally. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks. Bye. Hopefully you, hopefully you enjoyed that. It was really great having Sally share so much of her experience so far. Uh, you know, she's really definitely gone all in with her racing experience, and it seems like she has uh, a lot to come in the years ahead. So it'll be, uh, you know, kind of great to follow along and, and see how she does. And uh, you know, like we mentioned earlier, her season kicks off uh, this Thursday and Friday, uh, and you'll be able to see both of her races on IMSA TV. So Thursday's race is at 4:10 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, and then Friday mornings, maybe you can sneak in while you're at work. Uh, Friday morning at 10.10 a.m. Eastern Time. So two races for her at Daytona uh, to kick off her 2024 season, uh, which like she talked about in the interview, you know, she's really excited about. Uh, definitely have to see how she does with the, you know, the, the drafting on the high bank turns and the straightaways uh, like she discussed. And, uh, you know, hopefully she gets off to a great start and we'll be looking forward to seeing how her, her season goes and welcoming her back. Uh, later on in the year to kind of check in with her and, and see what she thinks about how her season's going. Uh, you can follow Sally at her site, Sally Mott Racing, uh, which we'll link to 
in the episode notes, and then of course from there you can get all of her socials. And she actually, you know, she has a great website. There's a lot on there. Uh, you know, she has some blog entries of her of her own to kind of you know let you know how she's doing uh, as her season goes on. So definitely worth it to check that out. Follow her on socials, and again, if you can check out her races. Uh, you know, Thursday and Friday on IMSA TV. IMSA also does a great job. They put up all their races a couple days after they're over uh, on their YouTube page as well. So even if you're not able to to watch the race live on Thursday and Friday, you can have a watch back uh, maybe over the weekend and, and see how she does. So uh, you can get that link, like I said, in the episode notes. We'll also link to the, the IMSA site so you can keep track of, you know, the schedule for this weekend, you know, the the, the 24 hours of Daytona is not too, too hard to keep track of. If you know what time it starts, you know what time it ends. Uh, but there's also several races running uh, in the build-up to that you know main event on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, so the IMSA site will be able to kind of let you know when everybody is out on track this weekend. And we also have uh, another explainer video from Off in the S's. Uh, he's, uh, he's a pretty big fan of the MX-5 Cup. So if you want to learn a little bit more about what Sally is uh, going to be up against uh, this weekend and this season, uh, be sure to check out Off in the S's video uh, that they have. They also have some other explainer videos on the other IMSA series. So Off in the S's, if you have any interest in IMSA, uh, definitely check that out. They are all IMSA all the time. And as for us at Motorsport of the Americas, you can subscribe to, subscribe to us on our Substack. Uh, we put the episode notes up there, and that's also a good way to get a, you know a notification and a newsletter uh, every time we put out a new episode, and we'll have some updates in between episodes as well as the season goes on. Once you know some of the drivers that we've interviewed have an opportunity to get out on track, we'll be sure to let you know how their season is progressing. Uh, and the podcast, you can get the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, our podcast host, Acast, uh, makes it really super simple to get this out to just about any different podcast app that you may have. So you should be able to find us uh, just about anywhere. So please be sure to uh, to subscribe and, and come back every week and, and check out you know what we've got coming up for you next. Uh, and as for next week, we'll talk with Nathan, Nathan Saxon. He's a driver with a ton of experience in uh, you know, a little bit of everything, honestly. He's driven Miatas. Uh, he's driven Radicals, Formula 4. Uh, he's done a lot of sim racing. He recently had a test drive in an LMP3 prototype. And he's also a, a driver coach as well. So another... Uh, really interesting driver with a really unique story uh, that he was happy to, to take some time to share with us that I really think you'll enjoy. Uh, so that's what we have coming up next week, and we hope to see you back then. And uh, until then, you know, thanks for checking us out. Be sure to subscribe, and uh, we hope you like what you heard so far.